Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. I'm recording this. This is a private, unlisted line. I'm recording this so that you can use this in the future. Um, just be careful not to um, say any actual names. Um, there's, there's only one process, and it's all the same all across the board. Now, if you just want to be able to do something as simple to where you just have a trust entity that's set up with a bank account and you get um, you get a debit card, all that is is just creating your trust, having a, a, a EIN number from the IRS, picking your trustee, and sending the trustee to the uh, bank to open it. That's and, already. And, and you mentioned that you could hire a trustee. Where would someone find that? You can. Um, you can probably look in the yellow pages. Now, I've never done it that way, but um, you can search for trustees for hire. So you can just do any general search, and you should be able to find something. If nothing else, you can ask an attorney, do they know of any um, trustees that they could hire? Um, some attorney and law firms, they they have that branch in their offices. Why it's good to do that is because when somebody sees a law office, an attorney, or something of that nature on a trust, that that means back off. You see what I mean? That means if you come trying to mess with this trust, you're going to get a fight. That's what that means. So that's like a guard dog. Because remember, the trustee is going to the trustee is the manager of the, of the trust. That's who the public is going to see. You see, so that's what you could do, and that's relatively simple. But you know, so let me explain this. So if you remember on the video where it's talking about the international bankers' relationship to the IRS. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now, the IRS are global bookkeepers and accountants, so that's important. So that's why they need an inventory number to keep trace of of the status of an entity and what they're doing business what business they're doing so they can manage the books. Now, when that, whenever you do a business, like if you open up your own business um, and you want to enter into traditional banking, 
which is that public banking side. They require that you have a employer identification number, which is EIN number, and that's how you open up the bank account. So remember, all they're doing is they're using that as an inventory number so they can track status and what goes through that number. Now, if you have a trustee for hire, they're the only one that's going to appear in the public. Okay, one other thing. Let's go back to Flintstone, Flintstone Trust. Okay. Flintstone Trust would have an inventory number slash EIN number. The trustee would be a trustee for hire. The trustee has an inventory number. So when you go to the bank, the bank wants to know who is the one opening the account. So they'll ask the trustee for a, for a inventory number. But what appears on the actual record is only Flintstone Trust inventory number and the trustee. That's what's going to appear. So that's why you do it that way. Now, the does the trustee have, like, uh, pulling rights, can take money and cash checks and that sort of thing? Only if you designate them to have that. For the most part, what it is, is just like a power of attorney in a sense. You you give them the rights and powers that they have. You tell them the rights and powers that they have by outlining this in a in the terms and, and conditions of the trust. So, so this would be, if we went that route, this would be that, that designated attorney doing this? Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it can be anybody. Uh, obviously, it can be anybody. It can be anybody for hire. Um, but, yes, it, it would be them doing it. Okay. And does that person also have to be in the same uh status as me or is it I mean a slave could do it <laughs> it's designed specifically for slaves okay now there, there's kind of like two slide two sides to slavery there's the traditional I don't know what's going on and I'm getting I think I'm getting abused and all of that slavery and then there's when you understand what it is and you know how to get out of it okay so once you really understand what it is and you know how to get out of it, that's where the remedy is at hand. You see what I mean? So what we're talking about is the actual solving of this problem of why in the world somebody can get $100 million as, a, as an athlete and then have nothing. But yet all the people that they hired the managers, the attorneys, all of them are still wealthy, but the one who paid them has no more money. You see, it, it, when you don't understand that fundamentally, that's that's how they make it. That's how it is wasted away. 
is not it's not all um mishandling of funds is the fact that they're going to continuously tax and put encumbrances upon that individual so they are drained dry if they don't know what they're doing. Now, in saying that, when you know the remedy, the U.S. and nobody else will try to stop you from achieving the remedy. They won't. It's like if you remember when uh, what is that movie Roots, when they the the Roots series that came out in the seventies and um, they were always talking about. By the way, did you all know that that, that was plagiarized? Yes. Okay, but anyway, um, so the remedy they were always talking about how to buy your freedom. How do you buy your way out of slavery? Okay. The reason why they're talking about that is because it's revolving around debt and taxation, as in status. So you don't, quote, unquote, necessarily purchase. It's okay. The word buy, B-U-Y, translates to save. It's hard for me to go into the history of that, but I'm just going to give you a primer. So if you're using the term buy, it really means save or salvage. So when when you're looking at the people, quote, unquote, buying their way out of slavery, they're salvaging their way out of it. And how you do that is dealing with the real matters because it is illegal and unlawful to free a slave and they don't know what they're doing and it's immoral to do it because they don't know how to be free so what are they're not all they're going to do is get right back into slavery so that's why i'm saying whenever you hear me use these terms think of it as two sides of the coin there's the remedy side and there's the bad side so when you're using um, something like a trustee, that's remedy for you is what I'm trying to sum up. That's remedy for you. Keep in mind, the United States of America is a corporation. They're a corporation because they went bankrupt. They only deal with corporate entities that's what's going on so that's why it's remedy so look at it this way you start a trust you have a trustee the trustee is the one that appears on the public record nobody knows who you are the only way they can even find out is if there's a lawsuit and there's a subpoena and there has to be a, a lawsuit based upon someone claiming that that trust commercially injured them. That's what it is. So that would be a breach of contract or let's say the trust owned a tractor and the tractor ran over somebody's car. That's a commercial injury. 
whoever was damaged by that, they're going to look up who's the quote-unquote owner or the possessor of this tractor. They find that the trust holds it. They're going to try to reach out to the trust and say, hey, do you want to sell this out of court or do I have to sue you? You always want to settle out of court, but then if they don't want to settle, they say, we're going to take you to court. Who are the people behind this trust? Then they have to issue a subpoena. Let me show you another way. Has, have any of you had a traffic ticket? Yeah. Did you go to court for it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I went to traffic school. I went to traffic Sorry. <laughs> okay. On the other side is a prosecutor. The proper way, the proper way is prosecutor, but a prosecutor is on the other side. You're defending, you're, well, whoever it is, they're defendant, they're being accused, accused of a breach of contract. They're saying you violated the terms and conditions of this driver's contract. Okay, but on that other side, the prosecutor is representing somebody. So if it's a city traffic ticket, what's going to happen is who that prosecutor is representing is going to say the people of the state of. So. Who are the people of the state? Like if it's California, who are the people of the state of California? They're the shareholders of the state of California. But who's representing them? A prosecutor. They don't come to the court and deal with that. The prosecutor, the prosecutor is dealing with that. Do you see what I mean? The prosecutor is showing up for the people who have interest. Exactly. They don't show up. Basically, you're operating the same way when you flip this thing around. So tell me something. How about where would that deal, uh, the terms and conditions for the trustee? Where is that file? Just with the trustee? Because if the trustee um, doesn't follow through on those actions, that therefore I would eventually have to go into court or would do I file that with court? How would is it just a deal between the trustee and you, but it's not uh, recorded in any court? Yeah, you don't have to record. You definitely don't have to record that in the court. The only thing you really record in the court is when a court is operating as a county recorder or a register of deeds. Otherwise, there's no reason to record anything in the court. But these are always private contracts. They start privately. Um, you're dealing with a trust. Your terms and conditions are in the, the trust documents that you or, uh, get together. And in doing that, they're held privately. But again, when you're doing that, you put in the terms and conditions your predetermined 
arbitration and or mediation method in case trustee breaches you got to have some means of remedying that you can always fire them you know you can do that at any time but uh uh-huh, go ahead is that the only other option then? Um, other than that, I'm taking the risk of just debiting out of this account, and people would know that the person who owns the account debited it because it would be electronic through a debit card, and they would know if somebody wanted to watch the situation, they would know I am the trustee. Well, if you put your name on it if, as the trustee, yeah, they're going to know. Definitely. Unless you have, I mean, I guess it's possible to have multiple trustees, um, but for the most part, I've never dealt with multiple trustees. You can do that, but I've never done that. Um, so I can only speak from experience. And um, I, I always speak from experience or somebody that I've worked with that maybe I didn't do it or they did. I only speak from what I know. I don't speak from things that I don't know. And I'm not one to speak on theories. You know, I'm, 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 it's not a guessing game to, to me. This is a serious matter when you're dealing with your freedom, you know. So, yeah, you can do that. Um, but just keep in mind the, the, actual, the, the, the actual methodology behind this and why it works and, and how you're doing it. See? In order to do any um, business, buying, selling, trading, within any country on this earth that is operating through a corporation status, you have to have an EIN number to do banking with them. And because you have to have an EIN number or inventory number, excuse me, that's the better way to say it, there has to be a name attached to it. So just understand, if your birth name is not as far as it's not the name listed as who opened up this account, it's not the name on the water bill, the light bill, it's not the name on the phone bill. Only name they're going to see is Flintstone Trust. They're not going to see your name. But here's That's, here's my question. Is trust so much a part of your life that you're kind of always tied to them? Because I, I know that I need to prepare for something, you know, be careful as to something to happen. But at least for two years, I'm just going to be sitting someplace and just pretty much debiting my account. Um, Moving forward, if I wanted to, say, rent a car or I wanted to buy land, that's when I think it would get a little bit more complicated because I'm actually stepping out. But at this point, if I go someplace, sit down, and they just debit it off at the account, I don't feel like – am I naive in feeling that that's not a problem? Because right now when I travel, that's all I do. I go pay for a hotel and I sit there and then I fly out, I was trying to see what is the possibility of the problem. I know that as I move about in the city, wherever I move to, and start living like a normal human being, 
yeah, but initially, are there other problems that can be here, like just me going on vacation and going to a hotel? Would that be an issue because I'm sovereign? Or take my, my daughter, for example. We just sent her to, I don't know, Belize, and she went to the great house or whatever, and she just sat there and walked around and ate and came back. What would well, be what would be the biggest concern for us here? Well, again, it's the same anywhere you go. So, I mean, when you're looking to disappear, that's the first thing you want to do because, or one of the first things, because you're you're removing your birth name from doing public business. Okay, now. Obviously, if you have a debit card and you go to Walmart, Flintstone Trust is the one that pays. Okay, so wherever you go, it's not you. It's this trust entity. So long as there's no major catastrophes or emergencies, you're okay there. But as an individual... You still have your name attached to property and different things and bank accounts and phone bills and all of that. All of that needs to be reconstructed. And then all of it needs to be protected. You so, see, so that's the long-term thing that you're going to be concerned with. So here, here's, that, here's what we're thinking, because let's say that – I'm not interested in taking a phone. I'm not interested in anything. Let's say I liquidate absolutely everything here, and I just move someplace else, and I go park. Um, would I still be in the same thing? Because I'm not. The only thing that would be of concern is the money that it is protected, it is secured. That would be, am I not even thinking that that would be it? Because I wouldn't have any other properties any place else. I'm just living at a hotel at this point until I find some place to stay. Um, that okay. Short term, I mean, if you just had a hotel for let's say sixty days, I mean, essentially, you know, bar bar anything happening. Um, that's an emergency or something, you should be okay. But my point is you're not going to do any business, period. I don't care if it's buying land. I don't care if it's buying a can of soup. You're not going to do any business through that birth name or whatever name you're using. You're not going to do any business. Unless you absolutely have to, but you know, what would be a situation where I'd use my birth name again? Well, that depends on whether or not you change it. Um, if you change it, there's no situation that will will arise that you have to use it. Um, oh, no. Now, but. Are we flying on our U on our U.S. pass on our passports or? No, Jay. No, we can't. Well, that all that's all contingent upon where your citizenship is registered. So, 
if you have dual citizenship, you know, um, people from wherever country, let's say they're from somewhere in Central South America, and they have dual citizenship with the United States. You can travel. It's, it's really, really simple. When you really sit down and think about it, it's really simple. Um, really, it's red light, green light. When you get to a border, okay? So when you're dealing with the border patrol and everything like that, they want to know who you belong to as far as citizenship is concerned, okay? Who do you belong to as far as citizenship? So let's say you are from, you have dual citizenship, U.S. and somewhere in Central South America. Any place in Central South America that, that when they issue you a passport, passport works the same anyway, anywhere you can travel from one country, let's say Brazil, you can travel from Brazil to wherever, from Brazil directly to wherever other country that you want to go to. And when you get to the border, all they want to know is where you come coming from and whose citizenship do you hold and where you're going to return to. Okay. So that means if you come from Brazil, you can go, let's say, to France. You won't have any problem. That is necessary for global security reasons. Wherever the passport will allow you to go, that's where you can go. Same with the U.S. But you expect it to return to the said country who holds your citizenship rights. Is that making any sense? Okay. I just want to be clear that so I'm 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 traveling on my government passport, my my U.S. passport. Yes. Like me, yes. Okay. But okay, but I got to say this. We talked about freedom of religion. So if you get the Black's Law Dictionary, look up freedom of religion. And you're going to see what I was explaining. It's a freedom. It's freedom to have no religion. But you. Ha- but if you really, that is the key to your freedom, because that's the major key, the bulk of it. Because basically, what you're doing is, um, you're establishing something in law that supersedes pretty much everything else. And what I mean is, I'm going to use Malcolm X. I learned this from him, and I was kind of explaining this, but I learned this some years ago, and I, I didn't get it when I heard him say it. Okay, he was born Malcolm Little, so his his government name was Malcolm Little. He stopped using Little, and he started using X, so everybody started to know him as Malcolm X. But he said on his passport, it said Malik or Malik Shabazz. 
So I went into deep vest investigation. You can put an alternative name on your passport, a different name. They were doing that, enforcing freedom of religion without even having to go to a court. Why am I saying that? Here's why. The law supersedes the passport. That's basically what I'm trying to say. So, although you have a U.S. passport, what is your position in law to the United States? If your position in law to the United States is freedom of religion, and it's established, certain things they cannot do and won't even try. They are powerless. So although, and see, I know a lot of people, they're out there calling themselves sovereigns. They're not sovereigns. They don't even know what they're talking about. And most of those people that are doing that stuff, they just read something or heard somebody else, read some off the internet, heard somebody else talking about this, and they go out there and try and do that stuff. And what I'm saying is I've grown up in this over half my life. And before I started actually actively doing this, I was watching this. <laughs> I was watching all these crackpots do all these so-called sovereign tricks and getting arrested and thrown into it. And I'm like, how are you sovereign? How are you free? And you're getting thrown in jail. So, okay, so my, what I'm trying to say, so you can see it again. Your position in law supersedes the fact that you're using the U.S. passport. But you must... We, we need to check that first. Well, that's if you can. I mean, it's, it's like what I'm saying is there's is different approaches to how you're going to do things. You know, and the concern has been with me, which which is why I kind of like was rethinking it. It's like when you all left, you were like, well, we're about to, you know, we're getting out of here like as soon as we get back. So I didn't know what was going to happen. So, but I was trying to think it out and say, okay, well, if they do this, then how do we approach it? If they do this, then how do we approach it? So I had to come up with different approaches to how you will proceed. Okay, but again, if you're using a U.S. passport and you're doing it right now, immediately, you just want to go on about your business in a normal capacity because nothing's happening right now that's really anything for you to really be worrying about. You know, there's nothing that's so immediate that you have to really worry about it. Now, I say when you have the means to make the move, of course, make the move. But, um, yeah, so is that understandable? Did that, I mean, I said a lot there, so I don't know. Yeah. You know what it is? I, I think we're just, it's like we're bombarded. We, our minds are kind of fried because we're trying to understand the terminology. And, we, you know, we saw the tape and we realized, okay, there's just two major issues here. 
with pulling back the name and changing the status. Then when you get into it, I'm like, wait, what do I have to do? And it just seems so, I feel like it's kind of over my head now. So I'm trying to understand, and I, I think if I could repeat it back to you, basically what you're saying, let's go with the properties if we kept all those. We quit claim it into Flintstone uh, Trust. That way the names are not on there. Now, Flintstone Trust can walk into a credit union or one of the big houses and say, hey, by the way, I have X amount of dollars and I want to invest under Flintstone Trust. They go, cool, would love the earth thing. They claim it's guaranteed 100% all the money. Cool. Then I go, hey, I need a debit card. Well, do you have a name that you would put, like to put under that? Yeah, I actually mailed this into the court, and they confirmed that they like this name, and they approved it. How about this name? At that point, I now was able to give them a card with the name on it, and my only other thing is how to protect the trust. Therefore, I need to hire a trustee or get somebody to be my front man. Did I cover everything that you just said? Did you guys get that? Is that any questions? There? I felt like that was my understanding. Yeah. Oh, did I do that right? <laughs> well, you mentioned that filing at the court or something like that, but you don't it, you don't have to worry about anything with court matters and that. But essentially, yeah. So you pretty much got it. But look, remember the other thing is you don't want one trust. Well, let me just deal with real estate property. You don't want to put all your properties in one trust, particularly in real estate. You want a separate trust for each property. That is critical, critical for your asset protection and your privacy. So other than that, yeah, but it's the, but it's the same as doing one. You just, in that situation, you would do more than one. Okay. So right now the position I'm in, I'm waiting to see my email back. I will see if everything is going to drop tomorrow or the next day. So I think my very first thing at that point, I'd be able to reach out to you and go, okay, we're good. And would I therefore put it in a traditional money system or do I need to do the name change before I therefore transfer funds to you? Okay. Um I'm glad you asked that because I, I think I kind of need to address something else pertaining to that first. Here's, here's what I was adjusting my mind to. Basically, you're going to disappear commercially. Okay? So if government name is on a mortgage and you change the, the the name that you're utilizing to, let's say, um, I don't know, Wilma Flintstone, okay? That means the mortgage has to reflect Wil Wilma Flintstone. So now if Wilma Flintstone goes to another country, they know exactly where she went. Okay, so there it's easier to trace. 
But his government name was on the property. The property is transferred to another entity. It looks like it's being liquidated. So now government name does not have any property. Now here's the thing. If government name goes to another country, maybe government name should go to another country and then deal with the, the name process. Uh, if, so like I can exit, then start the process? Yeah, because see, the whole idea is is, is, is all contingent upon what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. That's really what it comes down to. So what you're going to do and when you're going to do it would pertain to um, how you're going to approach it. So let's say you're, you want to stay here in the country for another year. Okay, well, then you wouldn't uh, necessarily take that approach, but you can adjust the approach. But it's still the same things you're going to have to do but you just adjust the approach to whatever decisions you make on your movement. So, therefore, if I was to stay here in a year, I don't necessarily need to uh, change the name as quickly, or I, I didn't quite understand what that was. Well, okay. Primary, res primary residence, if you're staying here, Primary residence has government name listed as living there. Right. That doesn't that doesn't mean that government name is actually going to be physically occupying that residence. You follow me? Mm -hmm. Yes. So physically, you're somewhere else. On record, it looks like you're there. That's what I did. Okay. Now. This is this is playing this out over over a longer period of time. Do you understand the difference? I'm saying if you, thank you. I'm saying if you're staying sticking around longer, you're gonna play this out longer. Now, when you prepare and play it out a little bit longer, which I usually say, ninety days. If you left in ninety days it would be better than to abruptly leave and not have everything straightened out for the long term. Because although, you, I mean, you know, it seems pretty simple. Hey, I'm going to do this trust. I'm going to remove my, this money is going to be in the trust name, all of that. But then you get all of these other things. You got properties that are out there. You got, and, and I mean properties and assets. If it's a, if it's a watch, if it's a diamond ring, all of these things need to be secured. If it's a pair of tennis shoes, literally, because have you all ever done a bankruptcy in your life? No. Okay, so <laughs> you probably wouldn't know this. But when you do a bankruptcy, what is happening is you find out that you don't own anything. Well, if you're paying attention, you do own it, but you don't possess it. This is law terms. In common terms, you find out that you don't own what you thought you owned. They have you report every stitch of clothing 
that you have. Here's why. They give they ask you to give it an appraised value because when you're dealing with creditors, they will take the shirt off of your back. So they ask for an appraised value of your shoestrings, <laughs> of everything. Now, back to my other point where we talked about when you all are here. All property that is paid off, that is in your physical possession, must be protected by commercial liens. So if anything happened, they tried to take it from you, if they want to take it from you, the liens must be paid. Especially so, a million-dollar lien on the property, they got to pay that million-dollar lien before they take, take, take the property. Exactly. So, I would think if you're transferring some money over to, it, it, well, it really wouldn't be directly me. It could be, but it, it doesn't necessarily going to be. You might want to do that in your government name so that you can disappear after that. You see what I mean? So you don't have any more transactions after that. Or you might not want to do it in that capacity, but you got to think about one moment, please. Thank you. You have to think about long-term, long-term strategizing. And as you're growing in it, I'm telling you, you your eyes start to open every day. Like, it, it, it starts to get more clear to you every day that you live it. Believe me, it, it, it becomes so simple. Like, in my mind, it's really simple. Everything is really simple to me. That's one reason I have no fear whatsoever. I don't care what they do. I really don't. It doesn't frighten me, but I'm not crazy enough to stand in crossfire. I'm not that crazy. So that's you know the only... Go ahead. We're, we're in the position of I retired and I finally opened up the computer I went into a complete panic because everything I saw was the very first time in my life ever seeing it. So from then to meeting you, I'm like, wait, 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 what? So the whole thing to me has got me on this adrenaline rush, like everything I believed in has been turned upside down. I don't trust or believe anything. So now I'm like, okay, exit, stage left, I'm completely out of here. So for me, all I'm thinking is pull back the name, get the status correction, and that's all I need because I'm not trying to do anything else. Now, my daughter trying to start business or maybe in 10 years, I could see it affecting her. For me, I'm like, look, I'm done. I did my time in the U.S. This is not working out. I have some cash. Let me go sit and look at the water for a while. So for me, the whole thing is kind of shocking because we, we honestly didn't grow up with this other consciousness that has been expressed to me. The whole thing is like, wait, wait, what? We owned everything? Wait, what? So for me now, I'm like, okay, up and go. So it makes a lot of sense what you're saying, that if I need to transfer money, do it in my government name first, 
then make the change afterwards because that's the last thing that they see. Is that did I sum that up correctly? Yes. Exactly. And again, that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. I even closed my bank account. Yeah. And and when I closed my bank account, let me tell you what the manager said. <laughs> the bank was ma- the bank manager was like, "Oh no, you shouldn't do that." Why? There's laws against it. Show me the law. <laughs> I said, "Sir, I'm a minister of law. I I know the law." So really, you just don't want me pulling the money or the account out of your bank. But I still kept bank. I just don't do personal business through it. I do personal business privately. So they actually questioned you because you wanted to close an account? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. So that's why, excuse me, that's why what I did was, from that point on, I just altered the approach slightly differently, which is don't close the account, keep a little bit of money in there. Just don't use it anymore. So one of my friends, he had a situation where he was caught up with uh, the quote-unquote law, and he had to do some time. The, it was the situation I was explaining to you all, probably don't remember, uh, he was caught up in some human trafficking, white slavery laws. Okay, so they did a whole lot of things, um, but he had a bank account. He gave me power of attorney. I was dealing with his bank account, so I said, "Once we get you to a particular place." then you're going to stop right there. So he goes away, excuse me, he goes away for a little while. He comes back. No money is left in there because I took most of it out. And when he got back, I had it waiting for him. So now all they know is the last time he was banking was seven years ago. So now he opens up a bank account in a business name. So he's been doing business through that since he came home. Okay. I I, I think I get that. So tell me something. My biggest concern, I think my husband's biggest concern, and I know you feel like, you guys know fear, is the whole tax status. Is there something that they're going to send us back? as a confirmation that we therefore know, you guys, we took your status, we got you, you don't have to worry. Do I have something in my hand? If so, will, I, will they send me something back? Or, or Yes, but it could take a while, though. But they do send you something. How, how, how long is a while? Okay, now I'm only strictly talking about them sending something back. That doesn't mean that it takes a while for it to kick in. It's going to kick in within 90 days. Unless there is some objection, something you did wrong, then they'll contact you and say, okay, you didn't do this right, or they need some additional information or something. But it's going to kick in 
really, if you do it properly, it kicks in immediately when it hits their desk. So you know what, Priest? Here, here, I just got to ask you this. What? Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. Um, here, here's the, here's the big deal. What would be the first step? To get the ball rolling. What's the very first thing that you see? Well, like I was saying. It's really contingent upon what steps you want to take. Um, that's the best way I can explain it. Because if you if you wake up tomorrow and say I'm out of here, then we just have to ch- change what we do first. But I yeah. think um, I think the best thing to do is to. Um, you do your name, but you just don't enforce it yet. So is that, you. you are mentioning an affidavit. Is there, at, at any point, I would use a government form, or do I just use the affidavit to express to the court that I'm pulling that name back? You never, there are no government forms. The, the only government form is if you're going to, expatriate that's the only government form there are no government forms for this because you're expected to know law and if they did have one i wouldn't use it with the uh, the exception of um you might have forms in dealing with contracts like driver's license social security those they have applications if you if you want to alter those things, then you have to use a court document or whatever. But you have to know how to write this and submit it, and it is not hard. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I just have, I just want to one quick question on taxation. On, on taxation, uh, uh, if you know. I right now have a, a tax liability of some money that I need to send a quarterly payment in, uh, and I need to do that to avoid penalties for next April. Um, and it's in, it's in excess of maybe over $100,000. Going through this process, am I going to be exempt from that, or do I still owe what I owe, or how does that work? First in time is first in line. Whatever it is, you still have to pay it. Because that took place before you make a conversion. You still have to pay it. Now, you can negotiate it. You might be able to get most of it forgiven, considering upon what it is. But you still have to pay it. Okay. We we, we have no problem with that. But then for the next year of 2018, it would definitely be exempt for that? Well... I got to be specific because this is not necessarily exemption, what I'm talking about. Tax exemption is different than tax freedom. So it's contingent upon how you approach it, which, you know, I kind of think you all are having some information overload, and that's why I'm saying I kind of, I'm used to this, so 
that's why I'm saying you kind of got to slow it down. Okay. You know? Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you you really do. You need to slow it down so that it sinks in. Because I I understand, I mean, if you've been on YouTube looking at that stuff, that's gonna make you paranoid and crazy. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're so, there. We we have arrived. <laughs> okay. Now let me tell you why that's there. What okay. they're what they're doing, all those people that are propagating that stuff, they're usually calling themselves sovereigns. Okay. They're usually trying to say there's some sovereign secret. There is no secret. There's no secret. It's written in the law books. You can pick up a law dictionary and go to the law library and read it in the law. I'll give you an example, 40 acres and the mule. That's on the law books today and nobody wants to claim it. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Now they, people don't even know that it's on the law books. People don't even know how to claim it. And then they will swear the government has got some conspiracy to take their 40 acres in the mule. <laughs> no, you never went to claim it. No, you never were emancipated. You never emancipated yourself. You didn't. You, 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 you naturalize once you naturalize, which most people already naturalize because there's been generations here that have already been here. So most of us are already naturalized. But then you have to declare your rights. That's what's missing. That's what's missing. If you don't, and, and then look at this. Most of our people in particular don't know, they don't even know what they're doing when they go cast a ballot to vote. They don't even know. So look, if they have to rule on voters' rights for, quote-unquote, black people to have voters' rights, that means you don't actually have rights. <laughs> they just allow you to do it. <laughs> and, when, and then when you vote, there's a difference between the voter and elector. That's why Donald Trump is in office, because the voters didn't decide. The electors did. And electors hold land. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. You, you, if, if you try to rush this, in, you know, in a panic, the, the Internet is for, they put that stuff out there so they can say, hey, go pay me this amount of money. Now, listen, I've dealt with so many people over the years that have gotten burned by these people so many times. And... I've warned a lot of people, stay away from those crackpot sovereigns. They're going to get you in more trouble, and I don't care if they call themselves Moors. Some of those Moors leaders, ones that you know of, that you've seen on videos, I personally know that they have destroyed people's lives. I'm telling you. I have worked with cleaning these people's lives up for the last 10 years. They're getting a, there's one sister that's with us. She's been with us five years. She got with one of these sovereigns 10 years ago. To this, up until this very moment as we speak, 
for five years, I keep hearing things that she did with this other guy that I have to reverse and correct. And I'm still doing it. And she keeps coming up with something else. And I did this and this, you know, it's just a mess. And so what I'm saying is that's why the education comes first. Because, listen, I, if I change you on paper, if you change everything on paper, what good is that going to do you if you don't know what's going on? And then if stuff starts, if they challenge you, then you don't know how to answer, you don't know how to respond, and then they can seize jurisdiction over your materials and all that. No, no, you don't want that. Once you get free, you want to really, really be free. And you can feel you can feel like I do. I kick back and relax every night. <laughs> well, here, here's what the the probably the bigger issue is. Like I said, we just figured it all out. You know, wait a minute. There's a whole other side to the world, but there's nothing concrete. You know, we're still under that trained eye of the media. If they didn't say it, it ain't true. So the intensity to make a move. You don't know, are you losing your mind, or is it something you actually should act on based on something's coming? And you're the only person we know. So what I do want you to know is we're pretty private. What you saw of the three of us, that was pretty much it. There's no other outside I have. one Other than that, we don't really kind of connect with anybody except the three of us. So the whole thing is me pulling it up and go, what is this? Oh, my God, I didn't know our world was like this. But there's that kind of noise in my head going, is this real? Is this where I'm actually living? Is this the country I'm in? Well, forget about the whole thing. Go to sleep. It's not a big deal. And then I wake up in the morning and I go, "Uh uh-uh. I feel it in my body. I feel it in my bones. I need to act. But it's that craziness of, well, they're not talking about it on CNN. And, of course, you know they're not going to talk about it because it's not in our interest. It's in the interest of them. So then you go, okay, let's go on the Internet. Well, everybody on the Internet is an absolute nut. Then you end up in a spot where you kind of go, ah, forget it. It's not a big deal. You got yourself all worked up over nothing. Or just exit and call it a day. I'm done. You know what I mean? You don't know because it's not so solid. And I just kind of. I do believe now it was divine intervention because I still don't have a clue. I know I called and you called back, but I don't know. Is this real or is it not? Because it's not the world that, you know what I mean? You're 60 years old and you wake up and you're going, holy crap, should I act? Shouldn't I act? Is it eminent? And the more I look at the Internet, it appears eminent. And, and, and Freak, uh, you know, I was really impressed by you, man. You just don't seem like a guy that's going to be afraid to – to get on that bus when it pulls up. You, you know what I mean? You're too smart for that. You know, me, man to man, and, you know, i got to protect my family. What is your thoughts, man? Like, all this FEMA stuff is new to me. Oh, yes, sir. If I were you, I wouldn't worry about it so much. I'm, I'm not saying don't pay attention. But most of the things that you're going to have to be concerned about you're going to hear it through national media. I can, I can give you a couple of um, alternative news websites. Um, okay. The first one is truthuncensored.net. Okay. 
Um, even with uh, even with alternative news, you got to be careful. But truthuncensored.net. The the next one is um, sbfnews.com. S-E-F-T-S-F-T-S-O, excuse me, I'm slightly dyslexic. S is in Sam, T is in Tony. Well, it's Stranger Than Fiction News. That's what it stands for, stfnews.com. Like, I I looked at the, the, the mainstream media, and I saw what they were saying about Donald Trump. I've followed Donald Trump for years. I've read his books. And I'm like, everybody's saying he's a racist, but I followed Donald Trump, and I never slightly even thought he was a racist. Then some other people that I respect brought out some other information on him, and I was like, okay, maybe something to this racism thing. Then I started to look at what was being said in the media, and I'm saying the Donald Trump that I know I still don't feel he's racist, but I can see where he's saying things that are so controversial that they're attacking him on it. I went to these news sites, Stranger Than Fiction News, TruthUncensored.net. They showed the real speech or the real stuff that he said about Charlottesville, and it is totally clear that he was not making any racially insensitive remarks. It is totally clear. That made me feel comfortable. I'm not saying that I, I'm, I don't like his how he handles the presidency, um, but at the same time, I kind of don't care, <laughs> you know, because I'm saying when you set up, the, the key is when you set up a body politic, and you work together as collectively. That, that's the real power anywhere on the earth. You see, um, because Negroes don't have that. All they do is march. We don't belong to anyone. That matters. We don't belong to anybody that affects policy. So when you change that, you listen. When you have the right body of people, you can stop all of these things that these people are doing because you, you dictate policy, but that's why I'm not afraid. That's why I'm, it doesn't bother me. So just keep that in mind. But when you first, listen, I was where you are right now, right? I'm saying I was there. I was angry. I was afraid. I was probably more angry than afraid. And I was ready to, you know, fight it out with guns or whatever. I was ready for that. But I went back to what my teachers taught me and started to to go through the lessons that I had, and it all started to just settle me down. And then all of a sudden, I went from that extreme paranoia and anger to really simplifying this thing in my mind to where, no, I'm not going to stay around here in America for an extended amount of time and get into a crossfire. I'm not going to do that. But at the same time, I'm not going to be walking around in fear. 
because I, I, I'm absolutely at a point where I'm telling you is nothing for you to fear. Particularly, you have my support, you have my wife's support, and we'll be interacting with you every step of the way, and you'll relax more and more and more. You will relax. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, you're going to relax. And would you say that that whole relaxation process would be about a three-month window? Or after that, we would still be kind of like, ah, oh, my God, what's happening? Well, i say in a three-month period of time, there'll be deeper realizations that have sunk, sunken in, and you'll start to see. Like, I, I can say right now, um, do a trust, open up a bank account. But I'm telling you, the more you think about that, the more it's going to, it's going to, it's going to enlighten you. And you're going to continue to grow in it. So after that three-month period, it'll really be sinking into you. But pretty much the rest of your life, you're going to still, you're going to still see it bearing witness. Like now, not too many things surprise me. I just, it's bearing witness that I, I, I get it. I understand. They're not injecting microchips. They're, they're not doing that because they're, they're doing that because they have these people bonded as slaves. So they can do that. Here's my, my biggest concern is I've got a daughter and I feel like she's primed. She could start the whole plan all over again. My whole panic where I can't think straight is I need to remove her out the environment. Would you agree that that would be something within the next six to nine months that would be a priority? Um, moving from the environment that you're in and how you described it to me, um, what's the city that you're in? Uh, oh, wait. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> I, I, I'll just I'll look up the area code. What you described to me, what you described to me, um, I would get my daughter out of that environment immediately. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily going out of the country now. That doesn't mean that. I'm talking about for me. Um, so what, what, how do you define environment? Well, I'm looking at it at, at, at the crime rate, and I'm looking at, um, economic opportunities and development, and whether or not there's some type of racial history. So, what about being extracted from the house or extracted from a car? Because she's kind of like she's been all over the world, and I called her home, and so she's here with us now. From here, we'd probably be moving to another environment eventually. But she's not really like the girlfriendy. She's kind of just with her parents at this point. That I'm thinking, is that a fear or do I have time on that? Well, it's really I would say it's contingent upon where she cohabitates on a daily basis for entertainment. Oh, you know that's what I mean? just us. She's with us until we're out. She's not doing nothing. It's just this and where are we going? That's it. She's at home now. 
Yeah. So like, like I'm saying, you know where I'm at and how I tell you how it is around here and why I, it doesn't even bother me because, you know, I don't hear police sirens. I don't hear gunshots. Um, I don't hear, I don't hear racism or, you know, I don't hear any of those things. So that's why I, I feel very comfortable here. Not to mention the 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 fact that the state doesn't even want to deal with the United States, period. <laughs> you know, the state doesn't want to deal with the United States. So I really like that. So, you know, so that's what I'm saying. That type of thing is, is why. But um, for me, because of my, my faith, I don't like these filthy movies, filthy television, filthy music. I hate that with a passion. So those are some things I would consider of getting my offspring away from. So, you know, but as far as any danger, as far as dealing with police, um, like I told you, I got stopped by a deputy sheriff um, not even a month ago. Caucasian man, I I all I know how to talk to them. I speak with with them with common sense and respect. I always re- address them as officer, you know, because I re- I respect what they do. Now I might not agree with what th- what this corporation does as a whole, but I respect government and I respect government positions and officials. You and I are on the same page. I am one hundred percent in respect of authority and what they do. Now, when you start twisting it, that's a whole other show, but I need the protection from any other idiot, too. So go ahead and drill me. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But, see, my concern for you all is um, I, I'm concerned about media. Um, I'm more concerned about media than the government because the media, I they think- are they're yeah, treacherous. Really- yeah. So far, the only thing that I've gotten, I'll be honest with you, is there's a phone number from 949 that constantly, and I haven't picked it up. I don't know who it is. Other than that, I've been extremely private my entire life. I'm not saying that they're not capable, but at this point, um, I haven't gotten any other phone calls. I haven't gotten any, there's no media in front of my house. You know, I'm good. I'm not saying it's not coming, but so far, I. I do not have any social media accounts, no Twitter, no Facebook. I don't take any pictures. I don't even send any emails. The most I did was trying to find a job when I was unemployed. But in terms of anything, I don't even touch the computer. I might do a search ever so often, but that's about it. So when I said I'm completely private, I don't think they can find a picture. So that part in terms of the media, I've been kind of low, low, low profile. I'm not saying they can't dig me up if they're really desperate. I'm hoping I'm going to make an exit before they can dig me up. But other than that, um, single, I mean, I've been married to one guy my entire life. I've got one child. Uh, I keep to myself. I don't have any girlfriends. I don't go out. I pretty much stay in the house and look at my garden, and that's about it. And I did what I did based on what you've seen in the media because I couldn't live with myself and there was no way. Other than that, I don't have any other connections. I talked to my relative, my only brother, probably once every six months. Very basic, very, very private. I don't want anyone knowing anything about me. So that's kind of the, the position I'm in. 
Well, yeah, I mean that's that's good. Um, I just know, I just know how treacherous the media is, and um, media assassination is probably worse than actual assassination because um, they will literally crucify you in the media, and when they can't find something that's true, then they, they just make it. Yeah. So that's another reason, like those of us who actually know what's going on, that's one reason we don't, you you can't jump out there in the public and try to come play some type of Messiah thing. Because what happens is they start lying on you. The people get more and more and more confused about what's true versus what's false. And, and then it just goes completely berserk. That's why I'm low-key. I'm underground. There's a few things that I do that are out there, websites and stuff like that. But I'm low-key and I'm underground because I know that anything you're going to dial up on YouTube and they say it's some sovereign stuff, 10 out of 10 times is either not true or it's going to get you in some trouble if you do it. So... Uh, believe me, I've been around this a long time. Since. Well, you know what? What's interesting to me was we asked for, based on you know, the waiting on the swap, an extension of the credit, and it was interesting because they asked him about dual citizenship at the bank and whether we'll be able to make payment. Now we've had extensions on our cards. We've never had anyone specifically ask us. Do you have dual citizenship, and will you be able to make payment? Therefore, I believe we're moving in another direction, and they're kind of smelling the fact that someone has dual can kind of, you know, pull a goat. We can kind of feel that something is changing because we've had extensions before, but why would you think I have a dual citizenship? I have one citizenship. Why are you asking me that question? Because the people that have dual citizenship, I guess they can kind of pull a goat and not pay. Not that we're in any way interested in doing that. Anything that we've charged, anything that we've done, we're going to completely pay off outright up front. But I just get that feeling is, why did you feel to ask that extra question? Are you going to have the ability to pay, and do you have dual citizenship? Therefore, they know, you know what I mean? Things are changing. Well, let me ask you this. Are these, like, past due bills or anything? No, what was happening was based on our 401k and waiting for the drop. We needed to therefore ask for an increase in our credit line. And then when we asked for this increase, they said, by the way, we just want to know, do you have dual citizenship? They asked him that. And then they said, do you have the ability to pay? And I think that's that whole thing with these people trying to pull off. And I want you to know personally between you and me, these people that are pulling this shit that all of a sudden they have all this debt and they feel that they could just screw people or screw the government out of it. I am in no way uh, in support of that. Whatever I owe, whatever I charge, whatever I bought, 100% I am here to pay. After that, that's a different story. But if I accrued debt prior to me meeting you, 100%. So when they ask that question of dual citizenship, I'm like, why are you asking me that question? Because I think they think that these Chinese Americans can pull this off and just charge crap up and then not pay it. 
That's a good point. That's a good point because they could be thinking that way. But, you know, um, a lot of the things that they do ask, I got to tell you, is not so much as you as it is everybody else and what they're doing. Um, I've had uh, maybe four cases in the last maybe four months, five months, that have involved identity theft and a couple of more, three more, that have involved where, well, I'll give you an example of one. This, one of the guys, um, he got a loan, okay? And they sent the money to his account, and then he pulled the money out and he used it to pay his bills. Well, then he goes back to the bank like the next day, and there's something on the lines of like, Thirty thousand more dollars in his account, and he's like, "What is this?" There were several checks deposited into his account and then cashed, and then the checks started bouncing, and then the bank said they they were going to charge him for the month for these uh, this money, so he's in a total panic. I'm like, "Settle down, settle down." I'm explaining to you what happened. I'm explaining to you that you're not going to pay a red cent and you should not fear. But he is going crazy because he can't see see it. Okay, did you sign any of these checks? No. So how are they going to stick you for it? They're not going to stick you for it. Trust me, they're not. All you got to do is show them your signature and show them that it is not yours, and they're not going to do anything. Sure enough, same thing happened. That's exactly what happened. Another guy, he had a, um, a OID, um, a, a 1099 OID that he, his son had borrowed, and um, not borrowed, I'm sorry. His son got up to $100,000 in a 1099 OID um, filing with the IRS. He spent the money. I said, what was the status? What was the status when he spent the money? I mean, what was his status? He's just an everyday individual. How did he sign sign the deposit of the check? Did he sign it in any kind of special way? No. I said, exactly three years from the time that he received that check, they're going to come back and ask for that money. When they do, you come back to me. Okay. Same, exactly what, I, exactly what I said is exactly what happened. He came back to me, and I told him, I'm going to make this real simple for you. You gave me the check. I cashed it. Who's not going to cash an IRS check? Okay. If there was a mistake, it is not because I did something wrong and it's not because I did something malicious, so the mistake is on your part and leave me alone. I said, you tell them exactly that. But they're taking me to court. They're taking me to court. Go into court and say what I'm telling you to say. Guess what? He went into court, said it, and they dropped the charges. <laughs> they dropped it. So they Why? Just took it upon 
themselves to just add like a, an additional $30,000. And he said, I never borrowed that money. Who was those people that just dropped $30,000 in his account? They were supposed to be a lender. But the lender, yeah, he applied for a loan, but they were like some type of scam artist. There's a lot of people from India and Africa that are doing these scams, all types of scams going on. So that's what you're seeing, their desperation, because a lot of uh, Eastern Indians and Africans, they're doing a lot of commercial scams. Believe me. I have a quick question. Let's say I just wanted to throw the whole thing into, let's say it's $40 million. I need gold. I need gold and silver. Is that like a huge alarm that I'm trying to flip this whole thing into gold and silver? Because I can't play around with these reserves, and I know that you're saying that it's out there, and so you're going to come into that when you deal in the outside world. Is there a way that what few countries are dealing in gold and silver that I can pay as I go? Or is that even an option? I don't know of any countries that have any type of modern living conditions that you can actually spend real gold and silver in. But that doesn't mean they're out they're not out there. But for the most part, any country that's in modern banking that's operating under the IMF, well, let me say this. Any country in the United Nations, every United Nations country is bankrupt. All the countries, that's a requirement to be in the United Nations is you have to be bankrupt. So none of them have gold and silver. Because we're so talking about ancient gold and silver? Say that again. Does China have gold and silver? No. I mean, if they do, it's probably very little, but to the best of my knowledge, no. And and, and, and what I'm saying is you're not going to go to China. They have a fiat script note. You got the Japanese yen. You got the Chinese yuan. You, you see um, they're dealing in fiat paper, paper money. All nations in the United Nations are bankrupt. But that doesn't have to affect you because you acquire gold and silver privately in private contracting anyway. Or you go dig it up yourself, which is why my suggestion was don't don't negate putting uh, building a safe. Really, don't overlook that as an option. But um, but let me say, um, how about we reconvene tomorrow? Um, is there anything that you can send me to start with? Because there's some materials that I need that I won't be able to get right now. I would feel more comfortable because I want to be upright with you. I sent an email prior to calling you, 
they're supposed to be having a meeting with the DOJ right now because the funds need to be released immediately. And based on that, I'm assuming that it would be tomorrow or the next day. But I don't want to hold you up on your time because I truly respect all the, the energy that you've put into this. But you need to be, you know, compensated for this. So if you feel more comfortable in waiting till I make the phone call to you and go, okay, it's there, but I can't really determine this because it's been almost, what are we, in the month of August? I always heard like two weeks prior to the end of August, but it could be the end of August. But the email I got, it looks like it's supposed to happen tomorrow, but it can happen Thursday. It could happen on Friday. I would rather deal with you on that because I want you to respect me and respect what I'm doing and know that, hey, it's here, let's do business. But I can't really speak based on another entity and the people I'm dealing with because all I'm getting is emails and I have zero power, if you can respect that. So totally respect everything you're doing, but I can't make any promises until, okay, it's in my account. You can look at it if you want, but right now I'm telling you it's not in my account. In terms of the money that we have, it would be maintenance of we have three properties, and we're trying to make that happen. Until the money is dropped, that would be an extra, say, ten to 15000 that we can actually go, hey, we can do this. But right now, we're in maintenance. So for me to have flown over there and, and, and seen you, it was like in preparation of this is happening. So if you would like, I said, I, we can talk tomorrow. Or we can talk when it actually drops. And I go, hey, here it is. Let's move forward. But I don't want to keep on stringing you along because all I can do is wait on an email from those boys back east. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. So, so I just want you to be, I want to be upfront with you because trust me, if I had it, I would. Um. Well, you know, I, I, it, the first issue with me was making sure that you're relaxed. And That's not going to work. <laughs> Medication <more> might help. <laughs> settle down, to settle down and not be afraid. That's been the first issue with me. You know what it is, please? I just don't know what to say when someone talks to my daughter. I don't care about me. I just care about her. She's trembling. She's physically shaking. With her, too, she was in China and then came back and is like, wait, what, Mom? Wait, what? And she read this stuff for herself. She's pretty bright, and she's, like, panicked. So for me, it is the panic feeling. You know, you have a daughter or a child. You start feeling their energy. My husband is sitting up here going, it's going to be okay. But he's sitting there going, are they really doing this? And I'm like, yeah, so he's going back and forth. It's going to be okay. I'll protect you. You know, that whole game. So I think that's the anxiety. So I think it's just coming down to, what do we say if someone comes up to us? Can we protect ourselves within this three-month period? After that, I totally am trusting you. I think it is divine intervention. And the truth is, I really think something's going on here, priest, because after the announcement, I went through a whole bunch of mess because I don't think these attorneys actually knew who I was. My husband was trying to pull me out from under the dining table, okay, because I'm like, I just wanted to be able to go to the doctor and take my daughter to the doctor. I didn't want all of this. So that kind of person has kind of like now stepped out and gone, okay, what should we do? 
you know, is, is this okay? I just want to protect my daughter. After that, I want to protect myself and I want to protect my husband. But the panic is there based on what I've seen in the Internet, and you've kind of confirmed some of the things that I've seen. So in, in terms of someone walking up to my husband, he's in Walmart, or he's driving, he went to go get some vegetables for me, what is he supposed to say? Or my daughter, well, she's always with me, and I'm always with my husband. But we do feel angst because it's gotten to that point where he worked his entire life, and he's like, wait, what? I thought that's something I'm supposed to watch on TV. I'm not supposed to be actually living it. So we're kind of going through that. So the anxiety that you feel, please, <laughs> we apologize, but we actually just learned this right now, and we're like, oh, God, wait, what, wait. You know, it's that kind of a panic. But we do trust that you know what you're talking about, and we do respect the fact that it is going to probably take about three months. But the fear and anxiety is, what do I tell my husband to say if he's out there and someone pulls him over or my daughter or me? After that, I don't give a flying hoot because I'm going to be in an environment where I don't have to look for a cop car. They're not gonna bother you. Don't you have nothing to worry about. It's not like it's not like you. If he, if you were me, I'm gonna tell you what I could worry about, but I don't. Getting gunned down by the police at a traffic stop, and you know, without if they if they don't if they don't actually know who I am, and they don't they don't run my name or whatever. I would be worried about that, but I'm not. If the police stop you, be pleasant and respectful, and you will not have a problem. Now, unless you get stopped in a clan city, or, or you know, or you get stopped where those racist OJ police were at, you know, even then, if it's the clan, then you really got to worry. But they're so few and far between nothing to worry about. The police are not going to harm you. Trust me, you'll be fine. Um, nobody's going to... The only thing that I'm worried about is media. And there's two things with the media. If they leak out to the public your name and they make a big deal out of it and you got this lump sum of money coming, then you have to be concerned about random thieves, murderers. That are, yeah, see, they'll try to look up your your stuff. They'll try to find your address. See, all these things, you need protection from that. And most of the stuff you have is already on public record, and they do uh, skip tracing and they can show up right at your doorstep, okay? Um, if they can break in, like fans, they, this, the, the lady broke into Chris Brown's house um, recently. Um, he comes home, and she's sitting in his house. Uh, LL Cool J, he comes, he's asleep, there's an intruder. That's because these people know where they live, okay? That's the stuff I would be concerned with. I wouldn't be concerned with FEMA camps, FEMA police, any of that, because there's nothing going on that's so major right now that they're going to show up at your doorstep. If you got to worry about something, worry about these crazy folks walking the streets. 
<laughs> but what should I be concerned about FEMA camp? Because all I'm concerned about is her. Um, I don't think you have to worry about them, period. Because by the time anything goes down, it's not like I, I don't believe it's going to happen tomorrow. I don't believe it's going to happen with, within this year. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's not really just a belief. Here's how you know when something's happening. Whenever you see the stock market change and there are funds going to the defense, when you start seeing funds being raced to the to the uh, the U.S. defense, that's when you know. So all you gotta do is watch um, s- some stock markets. When you see something change there, that's when you really need to be concerned because that's when they're gonna flood money to the the, the national defense to start militarizing the streets. You know. But I, I'm telling you, if you watch that internet, it's going to make you crazy. When you learn the law, it makes you settle down. It makes you settle down. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And we'll have you out of here long before anything happens. But l- let me also say this. The end result, is it'll get bad before it gets better. But the end result is still going to be okay. After all the bad stuff goes on. It's still going to be okay. Believe me, it, the land will be inhabitable, and it, it, it'll, it'll come to a head. It's going to be okay. So what's this seven years? I know that scripture, seven years of tribulations. Would you say it's like a 10-year span of madness and then things settle down based on prophecy and scripture? Well, to be honest with you, if you look at that, Every time there's a Republican regime, you're going through a a tribulation. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Oh, God. Well, hey, we're going to be there for a minute because I have a feeling this man's going to be (laughs) reelected. Yeah, well, well, if they don't remove him because they are really against him, um, I don't. I don't, I'm not so certain that, like, you know Bill Clinton was impeached, but he wasn't removed. So I'm, yeah. not so, I'm not so certain that they would really remove him. But I'm talking about, here's the best way I can describe it. Republicans are 100% about the corporation. Democrats are about the people. So that's why they battle both back and forth. That's why taxation goes up with Republicans. That's why Democrats try to cut the taxation. And it's really nothing wrong with that because they're they're really trying to do something honorable. Now, the people just happen to not be so honorable, but they're trying to balance it. That's why they they have these two major parties, because they try to balance it so that it's not so much corporation and not so much just people. But every time, since I can remember, every Republican regime has initiated war, taxes go up, gas goes up. Every Democratic regime is either stuck with trying to pull the troops out, which is usually what they are, and then they have to deal with prices of oil and everyday living costs, 
and they try to bring it down. If you remember, Bill Clinton was in office, gas was 94 cents a gallon. You yeah. know, and I remember that vividly because I could fill up my tank on like $7. Um, mm -hmm. and then then uh, here comes Bush, and now they go up to $5 a gallon. You know, so um, every about, time... Go what ahead. about the capitalist society based on the chip? I was thinking, because my husband was thinking, ah, oh, you know, hang on to stuff, and then maybe in seven years it'll actually be worth something. But I was kind of thinking, under a cashless society, how do you pay your water bill if you're not chipped? How do you pay your electric bill if you're not chipped? How do you pay insurance if you're not chipped? Do you have any thoughts on that? It all goes back to one thing. Either you know the law or you don't, and what is your stance in it? You have to, you got to really get this in your head. You control policy. They control policy when persons don't know how to make them control, how to take control over this thing. They cannot do what you do not want them to do to you. They cannot. Now, you know there's Queen Elizabeth II. She's the reigning monarch over the U.S., Canada, and, and South, Central and South America. What are the chances of her receiving a chip? A chip? Probably zero. Probably zero. Donald Trump would receive it before she would. My point is, there are plenty of people. Do you really think there's going to be any Jewish people in the United States of America with a microchip? No. Guess who it's going to be? It's going to be a bunch of poor Caucasians, Negroes, and Latinos. Well, watch. Watch. It's not going to be anybody that knows. Amish people, they have their own community. They live on their own land. They live under their own law. Native Americans, they have their own land. They live under their own law. So unless their leaders agree to microchipping, there are going to be Native Americans. You know, they have that Navajo Nation um, where the entire Navajo Nation, they have like 54,000 square feet of land in Dakota, in, in um, Colorado, I think it is, in four different states. Okay. That jurisdiction is a sovereign entity. The United States passes laws that do not affect them. Here's my point. We can do the same, and we need to do the same. But law determines how they treat you. If, you. if you're aware, what do you do? I object. So what must a Walmart do? They have to, they have to um, adjust to dealing with the people that are not going to go for the microchip. So what they'll do is, this is what they've been doing to, to put you at more ease. They microchip the credit cards, the IDs, and the passports. So what they'll probably most likely do is have you use that. But believe me, I'm not worried. What about microchipping kids to enter school? 
Same stance. You, you take a stance in law, but you shouldn't put your children in these public schools anyway. I don't care what it is. First of all, the United States public school, we don't, most people don't know this. Public school is a last, a last option. It's not a primary option. It's a last option. We're supposed to build our own charter schools within our own community. But when you, when you have, this, when you have a, a disunified people, such as our people, that don't know that, then they send their children to public school. Yeah, because back in the 60s and everybody, oh, we're fighting for equal rights. We want to go to the same schools as these Caucasians. The reason why they were defending against it wasn't because of race. It was because, listen, we have our own schools. Go build your own schools. <laughs> and I'm not speaking from, I'm talking about law. I'm not talking about my opinion. You can read the laws from, that were passed down from the Supreme Court that were, that were written into law pertaining to the public school system. And, and what happened was, uh, what they saw going on with Negroes, then you had these, I think it was Koreans or Chinese back in the 60s. They were like, well, hey, we, we're going to sue the United States because they're not letting us in their schools, and they, we got separate schools from them. The Supreme Court ruled... It's public school. Go start your own school. It's not discriminatory because in their neighborhoods, they have their own school. That's not racist or discriminatory. If you got a problem with it, go build your own schools. That's the law. So I wouldn't send my children to those schools. If anything, I would homeschool them. A number of people in the nation that have children have pulled their children out and are homeschooling them. So there's remedy for everything, believe me. Anything that you think is something to worry about, I'm going to tell you how you're going to not worry about it and how you're going to not succumb to it. Okay, we're going to keep you on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about it. You know what? Uh, God, I can't believe I said that. Moving forward, I think it'd probably be best for me to call you with it's here. That way you could feel confident knowing, okay, it's there. But in terms of, you know, moving forward with, yeah, they said this, they said that, I think it probably would be smarter. If you want to continue the conversation, you know the situation, you know exactly what I did, and therefore you know that it's coming. If you, you know, if that's comfortable for you, we can continue the conversation, but in terms of moving forward and actually act, acting on anything, uh, I know there, I haven't gotten an email back yet, so I'm just waiting for them to say, hey, what uh, account number or whatever, therefore, I could tell you, hey, I have this and we can move forward. What are your thoughts on that? Um. I mean, I guess that's okay, but I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm more concerned with making sure that we talk regularly so that you remain calm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because I'm telling you I was there. I was just like you, except I had been assaulted by police. Okay, so um, I was there, but... 
you need to this whole this whole thing is is a process of changing your mind about what's going on more so than anything because once you can see that the power starts with your position in law it, it really doesn't matter which position you are you're you're in as much as it matters your knowledge of how to deal with anything you see so that's why i want i want to make sure that that this language and this mindset continues to blossom in you you see so I, that's why i think we got to really you know do some things but i'm going to provide you with more materials um videos and things and lessons like that uh different words and things to look up what i did when I made this change, I did what my hero Malcolm X did. Um, he read the dictionary. The difference was I read the law dictionary. And I had to read it at the same time I'm fighting a case for my god brother facing 35 years to life in prison. So I had to learn it as we're on the go. So it was really critical. I mean, I really couldn't make any mistakes because I was writing most of I was doing most of the, the case writing. I was doing like 95% of it. And um, so I'm saying the words start to change my thinking. And it started to change how I was feeling. Because I, cause essentially, this is the real critical key. Look. What you are using as common everyday language is really the problem, is really the problem. Because the rest of the world is using the law. Anything that matters comes from law definitions. I don't care what language they speak, law is a universal language. It was set up by our people, by the Moors. It was set up by us. but Still, law definitions translate all over the earth. A person is the same thing in China that it is here. That's my point. So once you start to get into this language, your confidence is going to build, and then you start to really see how foolish our people are, <laughs> just to be flat out honest. Because this is simple. I mean, it's so simple. If you're the only people that do not have a united front, you're the only people that are, are crying every day about getting murdered in the streets, and the police are getting away with it, that should tell you, hmm, I have no rights. It doesn't matter. My life doesn't matter. Black lives don't matter. Because there are no people on earth that have ever existed that are called black. That is a classification. It is not a nationality. It's not a history. It's not a people. It's a classification. Matter of fact, it's called, um, oh, shoot. Capitus maxim, Capitus maximum, maximus diminutio. Maximum loss 
of status. We are in a condition of a status that reflects our mental condition. Everybody else is going to, you kill one of them, they're not going to go marching. They're going to go right down to the chief of police, right down to the sheriff, to the governor, to the mayor, to whoever they have to and get remedy. There are no drive-by shootings in Chinese, Korean, or Japanese, or Arab neighborhoods, period. And if one of them were killed, there would not be marching. There would not be whining. They're going to go handle business. We're the only ones that don't get that. And I'm telling you, once enough of us know, you won't have anything to fear because you could go right down there and tell them, go get, this is why, this is what you could do. You can take an indictment directly to a grand juror. You write up the indictment, it becomes a true bill when it's served to a defender. And go to a grand juror, and the grand juror will get a U.S. marshal or a sheriff to go arrest the offender or the alleged offender without a trial. They'll put them in jail and hold them for trial unless they bond themselves out and pay a, a, a pay an amount to come back to trial. That's the power of law. But we think, oh, we got to use an attorney. No, we're supposed to deal directly with the chief of police, the sheriff, the commissioner, the mayor, the, the, the city officials. You're supposed to set up meetings with these people. That's what I'm out here doing is educating the people how to do this. And I'm formulating bodies of people all across the small pockets. Like I have particular ministers that go and shake hands of, of public officials, tell them who we are so they know, look, if you run across one of us, do not touch them. They're not going to be dead at your hands. You bring them to us. That's the real power. That's why I don't fear. Because I know how you control them is through um, commercial negotiable instruments that are placed on their record that dictates policy. That's how it works. Flip it around, and I'm telling you, not only would that end poverty, not only would that end slums and ghettos, we would be living in a paradise in America right now if we just had enough people that thought, thought this way. And then you could even go and have these, you could go to a sheriff or a U.S. marshal or a provost uh, marshal and have them arrest public officials. You can ha actually go and submit an indictment and have them go arrest public officials and put them in prison. That's the power that's invested in us. But we think we're powerless. We're only powerless because we don't know any better. So um, I, I just would say just I, I think that we do need to keep in contact. I'm going to give you more, uh, more materials so that it, it, it further sinks in. The more it sinks in, the more you'll be able to watch YouTube or whatever and read stuff, and you'll be able to see right through it. You'll be able to see through the lies and the tricks that they use. So, yeah, so you know, I, yes, ma'am. 
I'll call you tomorrow because it's kind of late back in back east right now. And when it happens, I'll let you know. So if we want to continue the conversations within that, also you probably see where it's solidified in the press. So I'll let you know. But I just it's just a personal thing with me and money. I just know money is funny. I just want you to know I'm sincere. I'm really happy that I met you. I still have absolutely no idea because I was just random calling and you called me back. But um, I just want you to know I'm committed in moving forward. Um, but in terms of my financial economic status right now, sure, we have money to maintain what we have, but we don't have anything to jump outside of that. And we have like, seems like a 24, 48 hours for it to drop. But therefore, I just want you to know, yes, I would like to move forward and you're the only person I would trust. I'm going to work with you regardless. That's what I do. That's what I do. I'm dedicated to the truth. I'm dedicated to the freedom of my people. I totally believe it. I totally trust, totally believe you, and you're my guy. It's just we love you. Well, you have my love as well, and I thank the Almighty because, you know, like, it's more important to me, like, there's no amount of money in the world that would mean anything to me. It, it just doesn't because I don't believe in Federal Reserve notes as my savior. <laughs> you know, um, they help. Yes, they help. They help you to get by in America every day. But I'm dedicated to the freedom of my people. We've been lost to understanding what's going on, and they keep making it religious. They keep making it religious. Oh, the Bible is a religious book. No, religions have hijacked the book, and they've made it into a religious book. It was never a religious book. It's a book of government, law, commerce. That's what it actually is. That's why they can't understand it. That's why if you look at the word person in the Bible, you you think it means what everybody else thinks it means. No, it means a slave. Somebody that's totally unconscious, doesn't know what's going on, and they can be bought, sold, and traded. That's what it actually means. Nonetheless, um, I will look for your call. Do you have the 832? Oh, yeah, you have the 832 number. Please call me on that one. Um, Because on this other line, I can't see the number that's calling. The 313 line, I can't see the number that's calling. So um, I have things that way. You did when I Okay, sounds good. Well, you know what, Priest, again, I just want to reiterate, uh, I've been in this situation with these people back east for like eight years, complete shutdown, but I want you to know prior to that, I'm still the same person that entered this situation with that legal matter. Absolutely one brother, absolutely zero, and it's just, as a clue, I just want you to know, it was just like random calling, but through the whole case, I had lost my way in the terms of everything I believed, I no longer believed. I actually bought the whole story. And then I had to kind of switch. You're the only person I've come in contact with through the whole system of the case. And even after the case, it sounds somewhat that can connect with my energy and why I'm here. The whole thing is shocking to me. So at the end of the day, if there's any ideas that you have to help anybody, I am the girl, I'm the woman, I'm the family, that whatever it takes, whoever needs help, I'm there. 
Um, but I just want you to know, I am just one of those people that I pay my bills on time. I do everything on time. I owe everything. So I just wanted you to know that it's not here yet, and I'd be the first person to tell you, but I have a feeling it'll be 24 to 48 hours, and then we could move forward. But I know that that means nothing to you. <laughs> but I just wanted you to know for me as the way I deal for, move forward. Yeah, that's fine. I do need to order some materials, like specific types of papers and stuff like that, and um, they're kind of like uh, more expensive. You can't use normal paper when you do some of these things. No, I, I totally, totally understand that. That's why it's such a, it's so important to me that as soon as it happens, and I have a an account number, we'll be in touch. But we can more than likely call tomorrow. Okay, that's fine. So I'll look for you or call tomorrow, and you all have a lovely evening. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, again, hopefully things are great with you and the other half, and I just wish the absolute best. But thank you so much for responding and reaching out to us. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Good night. Thanks so much. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.